Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. We're really excited to have you joining us here for another episode. If you haven't already, be sure to check out some of our latest podcast episodes in case you have missed any. We've had some really great ones over the past couple weeks, and we don't want you to miss out on those. Lots of great thoughts, lots of things happening, lots of things that we've been doing and learning that we want you to be a part of. And we also have so much going on over on our social media pages, our Mm -hmm. Instagram our Facebook pages. Be sure to follow us there. We have extra posts there during the week that you don't want to miss, different reels, different things like that that are just extra to whatever we're doing on the blog and the podcast Mm -hmm. each week. So those are definitely beneficial if you want to get serious, if you want to dive deeper into the things of the Lord and just be a part of those things and just have a Christian community that is inspiring and uplifting. We see so many just really horrible and discouraging things on the news and social media and stuff and it can weigh us down but I think that it's just so amazing to be able to have a Christian community that comes together that is supporting one another praying for one another and doing that through social media I know is a little difficult sometimes it's Mm -hmm. a little bit different but we can definitely make the most of it and honor the Lord in that way if we use social media correctly and use it to encourage one another. So be sure to check all those things out. We want you to be a part of our stuff there. And we are going to just dive right into something that I've been thinking a lot about. I actually studied this passage extensively, I would say, in one of my college classes earlier this spring. And it has been a huge encouragement to my heart and something that I just go back to time and time again because it reminds me of who Jesus is. It reminds me of what he does and what kind of God we serve. And I think we all need that reminder from time to time. We lose sight so quickly of how mighty he is and how wonderful he is and what he can do for us and his saving work on the cross and just all those things. We need to be reminded of those things because we lose sight of it in our world today when we have so much fighting for our attention, so many distractions around us. And we often fall prey to those because the enemy is using them to distract us from the word, from who Jesus is and how good he is. Mm -hmm. So we want to be intentional about making making sure that we don't fall into that stuff. Okay, so today we're going to be discussing Matthew 21, which includes the triumphal entry and Jesus cleansing the temple. This, like Lily said, we talked about this a little bit last spring, and then it's just kind of come up in some different things that we've been doing lately. We talked about it in Bible study Mm -hmm. and all kinds of things like that. So it's definitely a passage that we really love. We love it, especially now that we understand some of the different things that have gone on in this passage. Maybe some of y'all will hear us talk about this and be like, um, you guys didn't get this. didn't realize this before, like what's wrong with you? But I think this passage is talked about a lot in Mm -hmm. the church, especially around Easter and, you know, when a lot more people commit to going to church, you know, around holidays and stuff. And so it's kind of something that I think we can tend to look at with some complacency Mm -hmm. and we can tend to take it for granted sometimes just because we hear it so much. We talk about it so much and Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you feel like so cliche. We talk about it all the time. So what in the world is, you know, going to be new? 
knew about this one. You know, I've heard countless sermons about this and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So we're just going to have a very frank conversation about it today and talk about some of the things that we noticed in this passage that were just interesting to us. And like Lily said, really shows a lot of Jesus' personality and Mm -hmm. um, just the way that he really cares for people and the point of why he came to earth, his entire ministry, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, so I'm just going to jump in here and read some of this. If you have your Bibles, I know that a lot of you listen while you're at school or at work or doing stuff around the house or different things like that. But if you have your Bibles, I would like you to read this with me because I think it's important to actually hold a Bible in our hands and read it with our own eyes and try to contemplate it together. Okay, so I'm going to start at Matthew 21 verse 12 here. It says, as Jesus went into the temple and threw out all those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonders that he did and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus replied, yes, have you never read? You have prepared praise from the mouths of infants and nursing babies. Then he left them, went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. So the reason we bring this up and and what I just continue to find so fascinating about this passage is that we know the story here, right? If you've been in the church, like Maddie said, you know how this is usually preached. Uh, Jesus has righteous indignation. He's passionate about seeing the temple be made right again, be what God made it to be originally, and he is coming in to purge it of all of its evil and all of its darkness. True, that is completely right. That is what we should be preaching, except for we usually leave out a very important detail. And this is something that I have just found so fascinating, is that Jesus not only goes into the temple and he throws the people out who have corrupted it, the ones who have brought the darkness inside, the ones who are the most religious, the ones who should know what is right about the law. They've learned the law. They know it by heart. They are the ones who everybody looks up to and says, they're the religious leaders. They're the ones who know what they're doing. They're important in society, right? They're up there. And we're all just kind of down here on a different level. We're the peasants. And you have to understand this is their culture. This is how it would have operated back then. Everybody else would have viewed themselves as the least of these when compared to the people who are selling the doves who are in there as money changers and who are running this business, this very corrupt business that is completely political. And Jesus comes in and throws them out with authority. He doesn't come in as one who's just, hey, I'm a prophet. I'm just here to, you know, warn you guys that this is not what the Lord wants you to be doing here. Mm -hmm. He comes in with authority and with boldness and he throws them out because he is operating in the Holy Spirit. He has the Holy Spirit within him and he is operating in that power that his father has given him, which is absolutely crazy because they've never seen anything like this. Somewhere else in scripture, I forget the exact reference. The people say, we've never seen someone preach with this kind of authority. We've never seen Mm -hmm. someone who operates in this power before. And so you can just kind of imagine with me what these people are thinking. Uh, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and there are crowds gathered all around him just waiting to see what he's about to do. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people, thousands and thousands of people.
of people in Jerusalem because they are preparing for sacrifices for all of these things that they're doing, right? And this is what I want us all to get from this is that Jesus throws the people who have corrupted the temple, he throws them out. And what does he do? Scripture tells us in verse 14, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. I absolutely love this. And I've missed this for years, like quite literally years. I never realized that not only does Jesus throw these people out who are sinful, who are evil, who don't understand, who don't, who aren't even willing to believe that he is the Messiah, the promised Messiah that they've been waiting for. And he invites the least of these back into the temple and he restores his father's house. It will be a house of prayer again because mm-hmm. of what Jesus has done this day. And I just think that this is is so powerful because everybody's watching this. Everybody's seeing that Jesus is doing what is radical. He is doing what no one expects, but he is doing exactly what God intends for him to do because he's operating in that power and the authority that he's given him. Can you just imagine how the blind and the lame are feeling in this moment? They've never been allowed in the temple. They've never been, you know, they're viewed as sinful people. They're viewed as people who are just throwaways and are not useful to society and who are more of a nuisance than anything. And Jesus invites these people lovingly into the temple and he not only invites them to come and be with him and to give them a sense of status and a sense of identity, but he also heals them. He restores them. He makes them new. So not only is he restoring the temple, but he's restoring these people physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's just incredible to see this. And then what does scripture tell us? When the chief priest, this is verse 15, when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonders that he did and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. I think that that is a powerful word to describe how the Pharisees were feeling, how the religious leaders are viewing this situation. First off, they want nothing more than for Jesus to be gone, right? They want to do something so badly with him. They want to get rid of him because he is disrupting their status quo. He's disrupting their normal. He's disrupting their comfort zones. He is totally doing away with all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's inviting the blind and the lame and the children into the temple and the children understand they're shouting Hosanna to the son of David fulfills many, many prophecies throughout scripture. We see so many references in Isaiah foreshadowings of this happening. It's just incredible to me because these kids would have been good Jewish kids. They're raised in Jewish homes. They would have been memorizing the Torah at the time and they would have known these prophecies. They would have been hearing this and learning this on an everyday basis. And they're the ones who acknowledge that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And And you have to understand this really makes the religious leaders angry Hmm. because this is the next generation. This is the generation who's not going to forget when Jesus invited the blind and the lame into the temple and threw out the money changers and totally restores what his father intended for it to be and makes it new again. And not just the temple, but these people's hearts. He's making all things new. He is restoring everything and he is glorifying it. He's glorifying his father in heaven by doing these things. This is just one instance in scripture where we see something happening in scripture and we can so easily glance over it and just think nothing of it. 
I think also one of the coolest parts about this passage is the way that the people were able to actually see Jesus restore those in need of healing and were actually able to watch him interact with them and genuinely care about their needs because before now it's just been sacrifices and you have to go through the priests for everything and the religious leaders are in charge of all of the cleansing and up until now it's just all been entrusted to the religious leaders and this signals a shift Mm -hmm. between religion and relationship because until now it's just been sacrifices the cleansing the trading sacrifices Mm -hmm. buying things at the temple you know this whole system that they've set up that has been Mm -hmm. focused on politics and money and has just been focused on their selfish desires the selfish desires of the religious leaders now it's shifted to this personal relationship with jesus Mm -hmm. and that is i think crucial in this passage because it displays something completely different but also something that points them back to the past a Mm -hmm. little bit you know they've always had this setup where the religious leaders are deeply involved in the spiritual health let's say of the people of israel but it used to be that when there were prophets and different things interacting with the people of israel as jesus is doing they had more of that relationship Mm -hmm. with god than they did now when they've had so many years of silence with no prophets and no direct word from the lord and this kind of signals a shift back to the past but also something that is going to completely redefine that past Mm -hmm. and make it into something very beautiful and so i really like that about this passage because it displays to them that Jesus genuinely wants a relationship with them. He doesn't want their religion anymore. He doesn't want the sacrifices. He doesn't want any of this anymore. He wants a genuine relationship with his creation. Mm -hmm. And he starts by restoring what is broken, what has been misused Mm -hmm. and misrepresented and has just completely changed the entire dynamic here and has brought in the least of the people and has said, it doesn't matter where you are at when it comes to your social class or Mm -hmm. your disabilities, how other people view you. None of that matters. Come in this temple. This is a place for all of us to be in relationship with one another and Mm -hmm. to genuinely worship the Lord Mm -hmm. and not just focus on the politics of religion. And I think this is a significant passage that we can look at when examining our own churches Mm. now in the present day because Jesus really displays this idea that it's not about the religion. It's not about what you can do for me. It's not about how good you look to the people Mm -hmm. on the outside. It's not about how cool your pastor is, how cool your religious leaders are. It's about having a genuine relationship with him, inviting in the people that others would look at as unclean and despised and inviting them into your church and saying, you are just as capable of having a relationship with God than any of us are. And I think, honestly, in the American church, especially Especially today, we have this tendency to go back to where the religious leaders were before Mm -hmm. Jesus cleansed the temple, and we're creating this political system. We're creating this system that is reliant on money and attendance and looking good to the outside world, being trendy, being relevant, and we are neglecting this opportunity and this responsibility that we've been given to invite the sinners into our churches Mm -hmm. and to invite the people that genuinely need Jesus into our religious establishments and we're kind of moving backwards and I think that's really sad to see today. So as churches, we need to evaluate where we are on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Are we focused on the politics, the money, the attendance, or are we focused on the relationship with Jesus and restoring what is broken 
in or are we rejecting the things that make us more worldly and that make us more materialistic Mm -hmm. and more focused on how others view us versus how God views us? Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that something else that I get from this story is just how angry the religious leaders were about the children praising Jesus. I think that that's a very powerful point in this story. And I was talking with someone about this the other day, and they said, this is why the enemy is against strong biblical families. This is why he wants to push abortion. This is why he's all for divorce. This is why he wants to ruin families. And he wants us to get us to do all of our own things and be so secluded and separated from one another and just destroy the family unit. He knows that if families have strong relationships and they know Jesus and they're teaching their kids about Jesus, he wants nothing more than to destroy that because God uses it in a powerful and mighty way. Mm -hmm. And I just want us to realize that whether you're a parent or not, we're not parents right now. We're not in that stage of life right now. But you know what? That's what I'm aiming for. That's my goal. I want to have a strong family like that. I want to have a strong marriage like that. I want to live in such a way that the enemy is always Mm -hmm. afraid of my next move because he knows that I am going to be obedient to the Lord and he knows that I am going to raise a strong family and I'm going to teach them the word and I'm going to make sure that they know who Jesus is and will praise him no matter what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And that is why the religious leaders get so upset here about the children praising Jesus because that's the next generation and they know that they're going to carry that on and they're going to teach their children the things that they had experienced here in this time with Jesus and him driving out the money changers and him restoring the temple and restoring this relationship that he has always wanted to have with the people that he's created. And I just think that this is something that if families got a hold of this, if parents got a hold of this, our world would be such a different place. Our churches would be powerful for the kingdom. They would be unstoppable for the kingdom because they would actually be doing what Jesus has intended us to do all along. I think overall this should definitely be an encouraging passage to us and should tell us that not all hope is lost. Sometimes we read things like this and we think, okay, well, we don't have the strong families. We do have the corrupted religious leaders and we have all these obstacles that we're going to have to overcome. And so it just kind of looks impossible. But I don't believe that that's the case because Mm -hmm. in Jesus' day, the religion aspect of these people's lives was so prevalent and was so important to them as it should be to us. I'm definitely not saying that we should completely disregard religion and shouldn't uphold tradition and things like that. I think that's very important for our relationship with Jesus, Mm -hmm. but the relationship should take priority over that. Having a relationship with Jesus and inviting others to have a relationship with him should take priority over that. But- There is definitely still hope for us to cleanse our temples. Mm. And sometimes that doesn't even mean your entire church. Sometimes that just means you. Sometimes there are tables that need to be flipped in your life and there are things that need to be driven out and replaced with beauty and healing Mm -hmm. and Jesus flat out. That's what needs to happen in our own lives. And so that's where all of this starts. It starts with us making changes first, and then we move on to evaluating our churches, what needs to change there, Mm -hmm. evaluating our leadership and the way that we are presenting ourselves to the outside world. Are we calling them to a radical Christianity or are we calling them to just this same old religion that everyone else is calling them to? Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that we need to be evaluating in our churches and in our own lives. And we need to be living so radically that people are 
are drawn to us, just like they were when Jesus cleansed the temple. They were drawn to this event and they Mm -hmm. were shocked by it but in a very good way. And you see that they come into the temple, they partake in this healing and this restoration. And that is definitely what the American church needs today. Mm -hmm. So I think that all of us can definitely learn from this passage. It's not one that we have studied too much on too many Easter's to not learn anything new from. This is a passage that still applies to us today and something that we can begin to apply to our own lives. So we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. It's a little bit different than usual. Mm -hmm. We don't usually get into like one specific passage and just evaluate that for the entire episode but we hope that you guys enjoyed it and like lily said earlier don't forget to listen to some of our past episodes if you've missed any don't forget to download and check out our instagram and all those great things so that you can stay in touch with us and see what we're up to and be encouraged by some of the things that we're putting out so we're gonna wrap this episode up in prayer so please pray with us Lord, i just thank you for this day and i thank you for giving us the opportunity to unpack this passage of scripture and just talk about how it affects us and affects our lives and the things that we can change in light of the scripture. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us to evaluate our lives and evaluate the things that need to change, the things that need to be purged and perfected, that we don't get so focused on religion that we completely look past the relationship aspect of Christianity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are planning to do another rapid fire questions episode here soon. So if you have any questions that you would like us to discuss or you want to hear our thoughts on, be sure to email us. Our email is always in the description of every single episode that we upload. So be sure to email us your questions, email us your thoughts. If you have something that is just on your mind that you're curious about or whatever, we are totally willing to hear those out and possibly include the in a future episode. So be sure to email us your questions and your thoughts and we will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye guys.